I think it's a, a really good tool to use exactly as you're saying. And to even maybe go a little bit more specific with it, I like to kind of look at it as here's my minimum and here's my maximum. Meaning like if I if my minimum ROAS is a just use 1.5, for instance, if my actual spend or my actual revenue divided by my actual spend is 1.5, then I'm like, okay, ads are maybe slowing down a little bit for me and I just need to pump the brakes on them in general. You're listening to the Stuff Marketers Say podcast. Listen now. This podcast will expire in 24 hours. From start to scale and beyond. Today's episode of Stuff Marketers Say features co-founder Ryan Akins, and he joins me to discuss ways to navigate advertising attribution in this post-iOS 14 world. This is a recording of a live episode. If you're interested in learning more about our live episodes where you can show up and ask your questions in real time, be sure to sign up for our email list over at till.agency. The live webisodes are also typically advertised on our website, so you can register there too and check out upcoming topics. Head on over to till.agency for the show notes. If you're interested in learning more about working with us, send us a note while you're over there and we can chat more about how we might be able to serve your business. All right. Let's get to it. All right. We should be live for another episode of the Stuff Marketers Say podcast. And I'm here with co-founder Ryan Akins, among other roles, whether he likes it or not, our chief data officer for sure, to help us discuss a much discussed of late topic, uh, attribution. You know, I think that's something that people are still trying to sort out since the iOS updates, you know, since iOS 14 rolled out and those announcements, you know, I feel like that's been the big project of the year. But um, thanks for your time, Ryan, in discussing this. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I love coming on because I get a new title every time I come on. So, <laughs> It's the many hats. It's the many <laughs> hats that you wear uh, over here at Till, including, uh, I don't know, you know, if people have noticed this, but our intro is actually recorded by Ryan. Oh, you gave um, away the secret. <laughs> I, <laughs> we'll edit it out. But the, uh, and I always just get such a kick out of our intros. I'm not, I don't know if anybody else sort of gets it. It's, it's funny. So a few things just to back up the Stuff Marketers Say podcast. We've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but if you're a new listener, you know, I guess one of the things that we try to poke fun at a little bit are the different marketing cliches, but they are marketing cliches for a reason. So Ryan in the intro pokes fun at that. And one of the, one of my favorite ones though, was I think it's like, you know, listen now because the price of this episode goes up at midnight tonight or whatever. <laughs> and four hours. Yeah, it was either that. I can't remember if it was that or another intro, but we actually got emails from people like, hey, you know, what's this like? <laughs> what, is the price increasing? Like, am I, you know, it, it was pretty funny. It was that and there was something else too. Um, I can't remember, but it was That's pretty hilarious. good. So, if you it's are a cliche, but it works. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, I, I mean, like we said, they're they're cliches for a reason. But that's a that's a little bit uh, some explanation, I guess, around our intro. So, anyways, I think people are here to chat about attribution. So we should move on to uh, talking about attribution. Let's back up just briefly, and we've done other episodes on this. So if you're confused about when I talk about the iOS 14 updates or when we mention something along those lines, if you don't know what we're talking about, we have another episode that covers those. But Ryan, maybe briefly, you could just explain you know, what happened this year that sort of shook up, especially the Facebook world around the iOS 14 updates. Sure. Yeah. So I, I think it was back in episode eight, we chatted about it, I think in May, which was about a month after this all went down. So we, we 
the the whole ads world knew it was coming. Apple had been saying it was coming for a long time. These these privacy updates that they were going to issue with iOS 14, and they ended up eventually coming out in April of this year with iOS 14.5. And in a nutshell, what it was was basically Apple claiming that there's some huge protector of the individual user's privacy and restricting advertisers from accessing certain identifiable information on a user's device via an app unless that user had opted into allowing that. So that's where probably around April, May, everyone started seeing these prompts and the different platforms saying, hey, do you want to share your data with Facebook, Instagram, whoever, um, to allow them to then serve you more customized ads? So depending on your view of privacy, you know, either this is a a great thing as a user, you know, your Apple and Facebook and the evil tech companies are collecting less information on you, or it's actually kind of an inconvenience because now instead of getting personalized ads, you're getting served random ads that were intended for an 85 year old grandma if they're on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, instead of an ad that's that's hyper targeted for you. So for us marketers, it definitely hurt because that was the that was kind of the golden ticket with Facebook was they had all this data. You're able to deliver uh, hyper-targeted ads to pretty much anyone. And a lot of that ability, especially in the retargeting area, went away because Facebook's not allowed to collect this identifiable data on the vast majority of iOS users. Now, I think the number keeps changing a little bit, but I think the last I heard, it's around 90% do not opt in to sharing their data. So to break that down, our typical accounts usually see anywhere from like 50 to 70% of traffic coming from a mobile iOS device. And then I think on the upper end of within that number, we were seeing so 50 to 70%, sometimes up to 80% coming from iOS mobile devices. And then 90% of those people opting out, you know, that's that can effectively almost cut in half for three quarters your retargeting effectiveness. So long-winded explanation, go back and listen to episode eight. But bottom line, <laughs> it it hurts yeah. your data collection, what's hurts uh your retargeting and making sales, but it really hurts your attribution too, you know, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah. And we talked about, and I guess we'll get into it a little bit this episode as well, but sort of ways that you can still effectively retarget. I think we covered that a little bit in that iOS episode, but that's worth going back and listening to if you have questions about the iOS updates. And there has been some new information, but I think you did a good job of uh, summarizing it there and not to get into it, but I certainly take the more cynical view in terms of, you know, like, does Apple really, does Apple really care about our personal data? And um, I think at the end of the day, this is a actually a win for bigger companies who have these big, you know, like a Coca-Cola who has this massive um, marketing spend budget and really, you know, hurts uh, smaller businesses. But that rants for another episode, I think. Just to be clear about this impact, uh, we talk a lot about Facebook and Instagram advertising. Does this impact other platforms as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, technically, its focus was on the impact to Facebook, but really, it it should be a level playing field for any app on the iOS device. It should be limited by what it can and cannot collect now. Yeah, and you know, I remember when the the update rolled out, and it's not you have to kind of dig to go and opt into those things. You know, it's oh, not. Yeah. It's not a, I thought by default it would be on and then they would expect people to go turn it off if they would like. And that's certainly not the case. But anyways, when we talk about attribution, what is it that we're talking about? Yeah. So I think if you wanted to define attribution, it's really trying to credit an action to a particular source. 
Um, and you know, that action, most of the time we're looking at is a purchase action, but it could even be a, a lead. It could be a webinar registration. It could even be a page view, um, to be able to retarget them later, but then ultimately saying, okay, this person took this action. They bought this item because they clicked on an ad that they saw from Facebook, or they bought this item because they received an email, or they just bought this item because they searched us organically on Google. Um, or maybe they just even went straight to our website. You know, there's so many different paths that someone can complete an action online that the attribution is trying to say, okay, where did they come from? So we know how to best allocate our ad spend or our marketing efforts or whatever it may be. Yeah. And as far as attribution goes, what, I guess to, to break down sort of what happened this year, and we've already, we've already uh, dug into it a little bit, so I don't think we have to review all that much, but, you know, just, I guess for the sake of an example, Basically, you know, let's say we're running ads for an account, the iOS updates happen, all of a sudden, it looks like maybe we're still making as much money as we were on Facebook or Instagram ads, but on the Facebook backend, it's harder to tell or it looks like maybe our results have tanked. You know, would that be sort of like a theoretical attribution issue? Yeah, I think that's definitely a, a scenario that we've seen play out for some of our clients and, and different businesses. But yeah, it's really just muddied the water with the data because Facebook is modeling a lot of the data now, and they are still able to they are still able to pass through some aggregated data from the opt outs, um, and then they're modeling off of that data. Sometimes it's pretty accurate, sometimes it's not, especially when you get into running on multiple channels and different things are taking credit for the same action. It, it just it, it's muddied the water is the best way to to probably put it. And I think it leaves a lot of people scratching their head to say, well, which one, which one should I rely on? Awesome. So as far as the different ad platforms go, are there different challenges associated with uh, the different ad platforms? I know that the, the iOS update, for instance, we've already established it, it impacts pretty much any app that's running on iOS. However, are there for Facebook, for instance, I know they changed their attribution window. Are there other social media platforms or advertising platforms where we find maybe some better data or is it sort of muddied the water across the board regardless of attribution windows? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessarily better data, but different platforms have different what they call attribution windows. So a big part of attribution is defining the time period that you're going to give credit to a source for an action. So for instance, on Facebook, they their typical attribution window and actually the maximum that you can look at now is a seven-day click or a one-day view. So seven-day click meaning someone clicked your ad within the past seven days and then bought your product. Facebook will claim credit for that purchase. Or if they, if the ad was just in their newsfeed and they saw it that day and then bought it in that within that one day window, Facebook's going to claim credit for that. So Facebook used to have a 28 day click and actually a 28 day view. So you're able to capture a lot more of those purchases and attribute them to Facebook, which makes your ads look like they're performing much better. So that's something where you really, when you're talking about attribution windows, you really have to know your funnel and know, okay, if someone's clicking an ad on day one, when are they likely going to take whatever desired action it is? If I've got a five-day trial and then they're purchasing, it's going to fall within that seven-day window. But I don't think anyone has ever had a five-day trial. So sure. It's <laughs> always like 30 Most, or 60 or 45, right. you know? Yeah. Right. So even and if even you seven, a, right? Even, even if you have a seven-day trial, yeah. right? It's probably not going to fall within that seven-day time frame. So then, if you're solely relying on Facebook's platform to show you that attribution, it it's going to look like your ad isn't working. When in reality, it, it may be. 
but you just you don't have that clarity anymore. So Facebook's limited to that seven day click, one day view. Google has a different attribution window. I think I'm not an expert on Google. I believe it it can even reach out to 90 days on Google. Nate or someone will probably correct me on that later on. Sure. But then um, <laughs> our resident Pinterest, Google ex- expert, yeah, and, uh, uh, Nate or Janelle and Leia. Yeah. Pinterest is another one where I think you can go out to 30 day click and 30 day view still on Pinterest. And so that one's been really interesting because the view through attribution on Pinterest is usually pretty great. But when you think about Pinterest, you know, there's tons and tons of placement options as someone is scrolling through their Pinterest feed and you've got a 30 day window there. So I can really capture a lot of eyeballs that might have, they might have been purchasing anyways, regardless of Pinterest. But now I can report on that metric and it makes my Pinterest ads look really good. So that's where it's, you know, the the data, that's always been the case even before, after the iOS updates. So you've always had to kind of discern between the different channels and their attribution windows and methodologies. And then really just using that data, make almost a gut decision to say, what's my product? What's my funnel? What makes the most sense for attribution for this product? And then seeing what these different platforms report and making your gut call based on that, those numbers that you're seeing. Yeah. I think Um, one of the the consequences of this, you know, all these updates is that more of our clients are exploring other ad platforms than Facebook, Instagram, and Google, which mm -hmm. is something that we've been encouraging for some time now. And, you know, we have team members who are really good with platforms like TikTok, for instance. So it's, it's been exciting to see, you know, how things perform on some of these other platforms and how certain clients that we thought, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe you would do really well on Pinterest or you do really well on TikTok, um, how they perform over on those platforms as well. But I'm sorry, I think I cut you off. So did you have something else to add to that last and, thought? Uh, no, but I think your your point is leads into a, a good discussion about just the multi-channel aspect of it. Because yeah, I think the iOS updates have forced people to look elsewhere. And so when you start running on multiple channels, it becomes even more difficult to where you can't really just rely on what Facebook is telling you or what Google's telling you you're now having to, it's, it's really hard to make an apples to apples comparison because someone might view an ad on Pinterest or they may even click the ad on Pinterest. And then they might also click an ad on Facebook. Well, both now there's only one purchase, real purchase that was made, but both Facebook and Pinterest are going to claim credit for that ad, which is correct on both platforms. But you've got to figure out how do you, how do you say which platform should I credit for that sale to then dictate how I'm going to spend my ad advertising budget. Um, yeah, absolutely. Made, made it challenging. Yeah. And so, and, you know, I guess this is a good segue into talking about how we actually t- take steps to sort out this mess a little bit, especially with multiple channels in mind, I think. And I think each of the different methods we're going to talk about, you can really, it really counts on some level for multiple channels. So do you, should we start with kind of the most specific multiple channel attribution and, and go back from there? Or should we start with sort of the simplest that, you know, anybody could do? Yeah, let's go simple, simple to complicated. Um, okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So what's the simplest way of sorting out this attribution mess post iOS updates? What, what are yeah. your thoughts there? So I think the simplest one is it's always been there. And it's still one of my personal favorites is just looking at revenue divided by ad spend. Here's my profit. Here's my ROAS, whatever you want to, whatever metric you want to look at. But you always know, you always know how much, hopefully you always know how much money you're bringing in on a given day, week or month. And you also always know how much you're spending on a given day, week or month. So you have two very known pieces of data that then you can use to compute profit again, or ROAS, whatever you want to compute with it. But it's known data that is 100% accurate. 
And so you're able to look at that and see, okay, I spent more on this day. And did I make more on this day or this week or this month? Again, depending on how long your funnel is, if I spent more and then it was a five-day challenge that led to a webinar and led to a sale on day 14, that's the typical funnel. Then, you know, after two weeks of spending, am I starting to see an increase in revenue? And if that's the case, then I think it would stand to reason that your ads are working. And regardless of what the platforms are saying, you know, still use the platform data to guide which specific ad is working. But you can know in general that my ads are working and I should continue to spend more to be able to scale more. It's definitely so it's a very simple method. It's a very reliable method, but it may not always give you the most granular level of detail to know exactly exactly what is working. The whole thing is working, but to be able to say, I want to allocate budget to this one specific thing, turn off this, scale up this, like those decisions are harder to make with that limited data, but it does just give you a good baseline of, are my ads working? And do I want to continue pushing more budget to ads? Yeah. And I think it also makes it more difficult to understand path to, you know, there's not really a way to understand, especially if you're on multiple channels that somebody first clicked on Pinterest and then they went over to Facebook and they actually bought from Facebook or, you know, they actually brought from email or, you know, whatever it is, uh, whatever channels you're selling on. I personally, though, really like this method. And, you know, I think I've been saying for a long time, when we're running ads, we're making more money. And when we're not running, when we turn off the ads, we're not making as much money, you know? And so that's, that's always been an indication to me that, that ads are working even post iOS update. And that's what I was getting at a little bit earlier, um, with that example, which is, you know, I remember when that, that change was made, you know, it was like, oh, should I turn these off? Are they not working? But then, you know, scaling back or turning them off, all of a sudden we're not making as much. And I'm speaking specifically of, of Davey and Krista, the other business that I own for those people listening. So I personally really like that method, but like you said, it's not going to let you, it's not going to allow you to make specific decisions around ads or ad sets. And certainly I think per channel, if you wanted to put more money towards Facebook, cause that's where the, ha- the sales actually uh, happening and so on. Uh, would you agree yeah. with all that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, a really good tool to use exactly as you're saying, and to even maybe go a little bit more specific with it. I like to kind of look at it as here's my minimum and here's my maximum. Meaning like if I if my minimum ROAS is a just use 1.5, for instance, if my actual spend or my actual revenue divided by my actual spend is 1.5, then I'm like, okay, ads are maybe slowing down a little bit for me and I just need to pump the brakes on them in general. If my ROAS is getting up to a two a, to a three using those same numbers, then I'm like, regardless of what the platforms are showing me, if I'm not doing some big email push, if I know that this has got to be coming from ads, then I'm going to scale my ads regardless of what, again, what the platform is showing me. So I think it gives you good boundaries to kind of work with. And then everything in between there as you get more granular and detailed is where these, you know, these next steps come into play. Moving on to sort of the next method or the next step up or what you would consider be the next step up from this. So we're looking at maybe business who has a little bit of money to throw to tools, maybe that's even just in having somebody set tools up for them. You know, I know I think, or I think that Google Analytics is one of the tools that we're going to talk about here. And so, you know, for the average website user, maybe Google Analytics is like this, you know, another language, but maybe somebody has at least a little bit of budget to help get that sort of thing set up, but not a crazy budget. So kind of yeah. what's the next step that people can take to get more specific data, but maybe they don't have a huge budget to do so. Sure. Yeah. And I would even probably lump Google Analytics into like the third category of like using third party Mm -hmm. software at this point. I think the more so the next intermediary step is just looking at the ad platforms themselves. 
and, and coming up with your attribution based on that. And so we've already kind of talked about the attribution windows for each platform and the, 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 the different considerations there. But within the ad platforms themselves, keeping in mind the, the data limitations that you sometimes see, this is where you're going to be able to dig in and see, okay, which campaign ad set or ad is performing well in here. And so, again, keeping in mind the bigger picture with total revenue and, and total spend, you're able to then look within the platforms themselves and say, does this make sense and line up with that, what I'm seeing in that first step? And if it is, then that's where you can can start making those more granular adjustments to specific campaigns or to specific ads. And sometimes you may not always be able to look into your platform and see like, okay, purchases are being attributed here, but you might be able to see that and in general, I know my ads are working and this particular ad is getting maybe a high click-through rate. Like that's something that the platform is still going to be able to report on with 100% accuracy because they they completely control that data that's all done within their their platform. So then seeing that, you're able to make those more granular adjustments that you might not otherwise be able to make. To be able to get that accurate data at the at the purchase level, though, again, you've got to keep in mind your attribution window that's just kind of a limit that you have no matter what. But then on top of that, are you feeding the most accurate data into these platforms? And so using Facebook, for example, that's, is your pixel setup done correctly? Is it passing through as much data as it possibly can? And then also conversions API for Facebook. And what that is, is passing the that first party data back to Facebook that maybe the pixel is missing. So are you passing your purchases, your sales, your leads, back into Facebook via the conversions API to be able to make sure, again, that Facebook has the most accurate data to be able to use for attribution. Just to pause you there about conversions API for people listening who may not know what that is, I think it'd be, it's probably appropriate to say at this point that a lot of tools out there, like Thrivecart, for instance, have some sort of conversions API integration Mm -hmm. now. So typically, like if you're using a cart system, there's going to be some documentation or some easy to use tool to set up conversions API. Do you, do you think that's pretty accurate? Yeah, definitely. Shopify is a good example that they they make it super simple where it's basically you just go into your settings and I think it's like data sharing and you say, I want to share maximum data. And then it starts passing all that information via conversions API and the pixel. So yeah, depending on so what So much easier than when we were yeah. first getting things set up and, <laughs> and yeah, everyone, tools yeah. It. yeah, that's right. April and May, everyone was scrambling trying to mm-hmm. figure out how to use these things. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely Good a deal. lesson and just a little bit of patience pays off and usually <laughs> usually the market comes up with a solution. So but yeah, in other platforms, I think Pinterest even has their own version of conversions API now. Google has their version of it. So it's definitely been a um it's not a solution to iOS 14, but it just guarantees that you're having as accurate of data as possible being passed back in so you can make those attribution calls. Yeah. And if you're listening and you're still not quite sure, whoever your cart solution is, I would I would that'd be the first stop I go to to figure out how to get conversions API set up. So as we move on to maybe something that's a little bit more advanced, maybe people have a budget either to use a tool or to have a tool set up for them and they want the most specific data possible. And I know that we talked, you know, like one example, for instance, a SaaS business who has a free trial that's seven days or longer. And certainly the longer the free trial, the harder it gets, you know, might be interested in a, in a tool like this. So what would you recommend for those folks? Yeah. So I think for on the, on the free end of things, you know, depending on your skill level and your time level, Google Analytics can be a really powerful tool to where you can be 
logging this attribution data over a longer period of time, even, you know, in theory out to forever, and then being able to look back and see this person came in via this site. And then 10 months later, they bought finally after reading five different emails and clicking five different links. You know, you can, I think you can get there with Google Analytics, but it's not necessarily straightforward or easy. But then there's also some paid programs out there too. Segmetrics, Hyros, there's, it, with, with all these challenges that we've been discussing, there's a lot of different players coming to the market with their own solutions for this. So it's definitely not an exhaustive list by any means. The one that I'm most familiar with though is Hyros. And that is, it's basically like a, to me, a souped up version of Google Analytics that requires less work on my end for, for in exchange for a fee. But basically they're able to collect via installing their scripts on your site, they can collect a lot of customer data and then tie that in to first-party data that you're sending in via your cart system, whether it's Stripe or PayPal or Thrivecart, whatever it may be. And they're actually able to come up with those uh, longer-term, that longer-term attribution out to forever if you wanted it to. So you can really see that even down to the specific person, that this person came in via a Facebook ad, and then they clicked on five different emails, and then they finally purchased and so within there, you can come up with different attribution models. Like in that example, you could give credit to Facebook, you could give credit to the emails, or maybe you want to divvy up credit to each of those. And it'll it'll work out a revenue model based on those attribution windows to show that Facebook brought in this much revenue, email brought in this much revenue. And then you're able to say, okay, my ads are working really great. Let's scale it up. Or, hey, email's working really great. We need to like get more people into the email funnel. It just gives a lot more clarity on on your overall funnels and and again making those decisions on how to best allocate your ad spend. So again that tool is called Hyros, but there's there's multiples of those out there and the setup for those is getting easier and easier. It still definitely requires a little bit of a, a technical angle to it, but they offer a lot of a lot of transparency that um, you're not getting in the ad network specifically. The one one caution I would throw out there with all of these is they are all click-based. So within each ad platform themselves, you're still getting that view attribution that we talked about earlier, whereas these other platforms are relying on someone actually clicking the ad, which you know instinct would tell you if someone clicks on the ad, they're, they're a, uh, a warmer lead than maybe someone who just views the ad, but you can't completely discount view attribution either. So it's just one more variable to keep in mind while you're doing all of this. And, and it just kind of goes back to a, a core point of there's no, there's no attribution model out there. There's no attribution tool out there. That's going to be 100% accurate other than that, you know, going back to that first simple step that we talked about of just comparing the, the, the money in your bank account versus the money that you spent and getting a, a, a broader gauge of how well your ads are working. Yeah. And I would say that for um, Google Analytics, especially like even though it's a quote unquote free tool, especially as funnels and things like that, more platforms, as you add more to it, unless you have the technical know-how to do it yourself, especially if you're paying somebody else to do it, then it's a lot to keep up with over time. Yeah. You know, So I think there is definitely value in just paying the fee that comes along with uh, some of these other platforms if the decision is between you know, paying somebody to set up Google Analytics for you or just using one of these tools that's basically going to make uh, setup as easy as possible and allow you focus on the data that's coming in. And then also adapt to new platforms and new channels that you add to your business as you go, go, go on without having to go back into Google Analytics and try to remember how things are set up. And, 
you know, yeah. Google Analytics makes updates like they just moved from right their legacy version to Google Analytics 4. And I know that transition is still happening in, in a lot of ways. So then you have to deal with all of that. And it just becomes, oh, yeah. I think, a bear. You go in there and set it up for a week and you feel like you know what's going on and then you don't touch it for a month and have to go make a change and you're completely lost. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh I, I would I would agree with you that if you can afford it, it is worth just paying someone else to do it. As far as something like Hyros goes, just as we wrap up our conversation here, have you found that it's worth it for every business? You know, we obviously have a number of clients who we're using Hyros with to get a better understanding of their data and what's working and what's not, but not all of our clients use Hyros. So would you, would you say that it works better for some clients versus others? You know, what would you recommend? Yeah, I think it, um, if you've got that longer funnel to where the attribution windows on your primary channel, like if you're running heavy on Facebook for a funnel that's 14 days long, it's, I, I think it's definitely worth a test at least to see if it'll work for you. Cause it'll give you that, that attribution data that you're not able to get within the ad platform themselves. If you're running a funnel that is within the typical attribution window, I think it's still definitely worth a test to at least see how something like Hyros compares to what the the platforms are showing you. And then if you are running on multiple channels, you know, if you're if you're running 95% of your budget on Facebook and 5% of your budget on Pinterest, it can certainly still help figure up your attribution between the channels, but I would still consider that almost single channel because so much sure. is focused on Facebook. But if you're getting to where you're spending a lot on Google, um, a lot on Facebook and other channels, it definitely helps to be able to look at the different attribution models and see you know, which, which channel is really driving maybe that first click versus that last click. Yeah. Well, that's a great, that's a great recommendation. And they do have maybe a free trial. Right. I think they do still have a free trial. It's not I wonder if they use their own program money, for their money back guarantee trials. Uh, not free, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. at least uh, yeah. So something you can get your money back if you don't if you don't think the tool is worth it. We'll make sure that we include links to Hyros in the show notes so people can access that there. And just as a reminder for future podcast episodes, you can actually attend those live. So we record pretty much every Wednesday at noon with the exception of maybe weeks where there's a holiday. But anyways, you can figure out more or you can learn more details about that over at our website, till.agency. And that's also where you can access the show notes. And if you're interested in working with us, you can drop us a note there and we can jump on, the, jump on a call with you and figure out ways that we might be able to uh, serve your business. And one of the great things about joining us live is that we get to answer your questions live. So I think it makes for a better episode, also more fun for us to be able to interact with people live. Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. And if you want to connect with Ryan, best way to uh, get in touch with him is probably by sending a note through our, through our website or uh, sending us a DM on Instagram at till.agency. But thanks, Ryan, for your time. Absolutely. This was great. Good chatting, everybody.